0: Hey, pull up a chair.
1: It's Hacks on Tap with David Axelrod, Robert Gibbs, and Mike Murphy. But there was also a love fest between the police, the Capitol Police, and the people that walked down to the Capitol. So I think it's going to all come out, but you have to find out, and you can do it perhaps better than most. And I think I know the answer, but... Who shot
2: Ashley Babbitt, and why are they holding that information back?
3: Well, you Ooh, know, Ax, we back can man. run, but we can't hide from the crazy, from that voice, and a whole new conspiracy theory of apparently. Uh, the the people who tried to storm the Capitol redcoat style uh, were the heroes in this, and of course the heroic well, Capitol police that were the well, tool of evil. They, it is unbelievable, they, my friend.
2: They weren't storming the Capitol. It was a it was a uh, festival of love. Yeah, oh that's true. It was uh, a love we, in. we 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 missed that. So. Uh who do we, we have today? Why don't you We have a guy who can guests. untangle this whole crazy mess and uh many others uh for us because he's good enough, he's smart enough and dog it we like him. Senator Al Franken joins us today. Senator. Gentlemen. How are you, brother? Good. Uh you know the guy with the uh Camp Auschwitz
1: shirt. Uh <laughs> he was uh it used to be in this country. Like, when I I was born in 1951, that was just early post-World War II, Uh, we were very anti-Nazi then, and if you were a Nazi, you just kept that to yourself, but evidently not so much anymore.
3: Well, as the former president would say, they know how to build an autobahn, you know, you got to respect good (laughs) construction. It was a very relativistic view. Well, that was
1: actually, are you talking about Eisenhower? Because that was a good thought. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the guy had an Auschwitz t-shirt on now, but he had flowers in his hand, apparently. We didn't see them, but that's uh, in the retelling of this. So Dallas became Fantasy Island this week. CPAC invaded there, in which the recasting of the insurrection took place. And the man himself <laughs> made an appearance. And Murphy... Like, I don't know what you read into the fact that they did a presidential poll and he got 70 percent of the vote. Yeah. You know, Uh, that poll is so
3: bent that, you know, the ghost of some of your old pals in Chicago would be embarrassed. But there was an indicator in it. Governor DeSantis is now on the radar of that world. And because he came in second at 22 or whatever it was. And if you took Trump off the ballot, he came in higher. Now, it's not he's a in real the 60s. Poll. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's a kook fest, but it's still an early indicator that he's kind of the other guy now. So I predict, of course, that Trump will turn on him in about a week uh, with kind of the Stalin rules that Trump operates under. But that was telling that he's kind of broken through into that world.
2: Yeah. But uh, so just just spin me it on. It certainly
1: wasn't for want of trying. I mean. <laughs>
2: Yeah, true. Yeah,
1: he's done everything he could to do that.
2: But before we leave Trump, do you think he I mean he seemed to indicate that he is running. Do you believe that? Cause he's usually, you know, one thing about Trump is he's about as subtle as a fart in a spacesuit when he he basically does what he says he's gonna do. Yeah, uh,
3: I think what he likes is the microphones and the control of the debate. So I think he's always going to say he's going to run. Like he used to say, I'll pay my debts to you know, people he'd hire. Um, I, I'm still far from convinced in the end he'll run. But he'll make it look like he's running. He'll do an exploratory. trick. He'll tease this endlessly. But in the end, I
1: think he's afraid to lose. He has said that he made, he's made his decision. Yes. But he won't say what it is.
2: Well, he says he won't say what it is because, of, uh, because it triggers some federal election rules. I mean, I think he thinks he's going to run. You know, I really do think he—he he thinks he's going to run, and he's sitting there with an eighty-three percent approval rating among Republicans, Mike.
3: Yeah, but you and I have disagreed about this forever, and only time will will show. I know
2: us. I can't—I can't, I can't uh, get enough of it.
3: Well, yeah, but it—it's—we're uh, both in confirmation bubbles. I, I don't want the oceans to boil in America to end as a democracy, so it's hard for me to imagine him running and winning. Though I can see a path. You, I think, on one hand, dread him for the same reasons, but on the other hand, it is kind of reinforcing for a liberal that, thank God, we have a clown to run against, uh, and maybe we'll be able to beat him again, and we'll we're, we're get a bunch of political victories for free. I think he'll act like he's running. I think he'll squawk like he's running. I think he'll tease it. But in the end, I'm still dubious. And on, the, on that number, yeah, he's got a high favorable, but even on the latest, I think it was late April, early May, NBC News, you know, the Garen Hart and uh, POS poll, they they ask a question about: Do you think? Are you more? You know? Do you mostly support the Republican Party or Donald Trump? That number used to be plus twenty Trump. Now it's minus seven, plus seven Republican Party. So the Trump thing, under the surface, is declining a bit. Now that said, he jumps in. He's still the front runner, et cetera, et cetera. He's still Trump, but this is uh, this is Jurassic. Park Two, I, I I just don't believe the chokehold theory yet, and I think he's going to decline. But we, you know, that needs time and stuff to happen to know who's right.
2: I do not want the guy to run.
3: No, no, I, I mean, know you don't it, morally, but politically, uh, it's it is just, a comforting it's, thought. It's just to see that we run well. a, a lunatic idiot. That would be No, nah, but yes, but I mean,
2: if I were a D, yes, fascism is unappealing to me. <laughs> I grant you that. <laughs> so I'm I'm not. Uh, I'm not for that. What about DeSantis, Al? You said he's been trying to run. What you read of him as a, an experienced observer of politicians?
1: Well, I I have to say that I don't totally understand the Republican Party electorate. <laughs> I don't. I guess I'm the only one. <laughs> um, I so you know I understand his appeal, which was. Uh, It was as much denial about what COVID was as uh, any governor, it seemed, and uh, which suggests he's, in my mind, that a lot of people are dead because of him. So, yeah, I think that probably he's very popular in the Republican Party.
2: It's funny you should say that. We should just roll this little bit of tape. This was interesting, though. About it was an indication of the fact that DeSantis has made some progress. Uh, Christy Noem, the uh, governor of South Dakota, has probably been the most retrograde of anyone on the virus, spoke at that, uh, at the Fantasy Island thing down there. And here's what she said
0: We talk about rewriting history. Let's talk about rewriting history. We've got Republican governors across this country pretending they didn't shut down their states, that they didn't close their beaches. That they didn't mandate masks, that they didn't issue shelter in places. Now, I'm not picking fights with Republican governors. All I'm saying is that we need leaders with grit, that their first instinct is to make the right decision, that they don't backtrack and then try to fool you into the fact that they never made the wrong decision.
2: So there you go. The first indication that you're doing well is that people start shooting at you. And she did. He was too moderate on the virus. Al, that's the problem
1: she was uh, south dakota per capita i believe had either the worst or
2: yeah yeah
1: yeah and you know there were i remember a cnn report where a nurse talked about treating people who as they were dying of covid denied the existence of covid all this denial of covid and all this uh uh anti-vax uh, you know the talk about against the vaccine Tucker Carlson and Fox is doing is extremely tragic, and you know, Fauci said I don't know a couple days ago, ninety nine percent of people who died in the last month were not had no were not vaccinated at all, had not had even one, and that tells you a lot. This didn't have to be as bad as it was. We were in the lead on deaths and we held that lead all the way throughout uh other countries did so much better than we did and they did the things that every you know that fauci said you we should do they wore masks they socially distanced they they tested early they and and isolated people if they tested positive that saved untold lives what they've done is criminal And I don't think history will look kindly on them, but I may be wrong, but I hope I'm right.
2: Yeah, I don't think they're thinking about history. I think they think that they have a constituency out there that'll respond to it. And I'm not really worried about, you're absolutely right about everything you said, but I'm worried about like what happens now. We've got this Delta variant. You've got states where, you know, governors are actively, South Carolina, the governor, uh, took action to ban people from going door to door to talk to people about, uh, about vaccinations. You've got lunatics like, play the Ronnie there. This is just another government overreach This fits right into the narrative that
3: the Democrats do everything else with, the socialist, Marxist, communist way that they want to control your lives. And I'm absolutely opposed to that.
2: This guy was the White House doctor, Ronnie Jackson, when I was in the White House. You know, he seemed like a perfectly normal guy. He, he knew what to prescribe and he seemed to be serious about medicine. And then somehow he went nuts when Trump became president. Now he's in Congress, an MD, and he's calling, you know, uh, trying to get people to get vaccinated a, a Marxist communist plot. I mean, Murphy, you throw those words around for fun, but.
3: No, no, no. I I, I, uh, I tease you a little bit, but you're only a socialist. <laughs> uh, look, look, it is morally reprehensible. I mean, Max Boot has the greatest line of all. We're now in a country where we're going to have to pay people to take a miracle drug and some still won't take it. Uh, it's a big mirror on the 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 activist base of the GOP if this has become a thing. But uh, on the politics of it, I mean, Noam's running for president. She's paling 2.0, and she thinks this could be her miracle issue. I don't think it will be. Uh, I think it resonates with a fairly small uh, number of people in the Republican activist base. But if you look at the numbers, there's some new data out that if you live in a county, relatively large counties fall under this definition. Uh, there aren't that many of them, about 500, that Joe Biden carried. You're You're about 12 points more likely to be vaccinated than if you're in a, a county Trump carried. And, and that is a big American tragedy. I, If I were the Dems, I, I think the kind of COVID success that President Biden had with now this Delta variant and everything else could get shaken a little bit. I would be, I think it's no more kinder, gentler COVID politics from the Democrats if, if I were working for them. It's time to have this fight. Because it's science versus ignorance and death. And there's kind of been this tone of, well, it's kind of too bad, tisk tisk. Uh, no, that's wrong. I would go right after them and, uh, and politically squeeze them a lot.
1: Beginning to do that. They're beginning yeah. to do that.
3: Yeah, I, I would I would bring out the knives on this because it's a fight they can win. And for public health reasons, they have to win it.
1: When the people who are dying, when pretty much all of them are people who have not been vaccinated at all, that says a lot, and it's it's obviously tragic. The thing about the Delta variant is that uh, Pfizer and Moderna work extremely well against them. It's much more contagious than the other variants, but only if you haven't been vaccinated. And that's what's happening right now. Uh, again, it's tragic, and these guys are mass murderers in in if you look at it in a certain way, they've killed many, All of, each of them has killed many more people than the Zodiac Killer. Is that harsh? <laughs>
2: no, no, Al, it's gentle. It's really, I, why would you even ask that?
3: <laughs> what they've done is it's been an abject, unpatriotic almost traitorous policy failure that has repercussions, including innocent, stupid people who don't take the vaccine dying. So it's time for the politics to get rougher on it. If the Republican party wants to win again in presidential elections, as we have discussed a million times here, they got to win the suburbs back. And those voters, the Democrats are going to win four to one on on a big COVID war. And hopefully it'll get more people vaccinated. I'm for giving tickets. I am for maximum. Let's go Singapore on this. Because when you when you get it because you're a moron and you don't get vaccinated and you get reinforcement on that from Tucker Carlson and your chucklehead Republican governor or local official, you go infect somebody else. Uh, you know you have culpability not only for your own stupid actions but for others.
1: Not only do you infect someone else, but you give the virus a chance to mutate. Yeah, and, which is why and, we have
2: a Delta uh, variant. Well, that's
1: how we have every variant.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right. And
1: the nightmare, of course is getting a variant that the vaccine doesn't work against.
2: Yeah. Did you guys see the piece in the Times this morning about uh, the fact that Rupert Murdoch and all the executives of Fox, of Fox, but also uh, News Corp, they, they've all been vaccinated. Of course. They were vaccinated early.
3: Was Tucker vaccinated? I'm sure he was. I would bet money that Tucker Carlson was first in line.
1: Oh, well, I, you know what's funny about Tucker? He won't say... Whether he was vaccinated, which That's means, yes. of course, he was vaccinated. Three times. Yeah.
2: <laughs> which just makes the whole thing so freaking cynical. He literally will kill for ratings, is what basically we've learned. And these politicians will kill for power.
1: That's a little harsh.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and look, let me just say, I'll be the crank Republican for a minute, because I agree
3: on this. It is horrible. But. Democrats have to learn you don't win campaigns with hubris. It's time to sharpen these arguments and just not look at, oh, my God, can you believe how horrible those people are? They're this, they're that. Uh, You got to set the suburbs on fire. And the real message ought to be your kids aren't going back to school in three months because we're going to have another epidemic. Thanks to Republican politicians who are trying to stop people from getting vaccinated. Because that school thing is the that's the camel's back that's ready to snap. Uh, And so I'm for full offense. It would give Kamala Harris, who's been bungling for about 100 days, something to do, which would be very helpful to her and to have Biden have a VP who's out pounding and go to that kid issue.
2: Look, I agree with everything you guys are saying. It is true that uh, everything gets uh, weaponized in our politics today, in our society today uh, for political purposes. And the more these communications with people, I mean, what they found is Fauci doesn't make a dent. Biden doesn't make a dent. Politicians don't make a dent. That's why they're going door to door and they're trying to get people to communicate, you know, to their friends and to their relatives and through their doctors. They're trying to get doctors to communicate to their... I mean, uh, I'm not sure that uh, uh, putting a sharper political point on it is going to get people to uh, be vaccinated. Well, it's more than
3: that, X. It is sharper policy right now there's a biden plan to start sending people 300 bucks a kid no vaccination yeah. no check it is time for stronger measures here not just thoughtful persuasion and, and powerpoint shows i'm a crank about this so thank you for indulging my uh my first in a lifetime uh, uh embrace of totalitarian politics no no
2: that's what we're here for man this is just an uh, this is just an hour of therapy for uh, murphy
3: Time to pay the meter, but we will
2: be right back. Now, let's hear from our sponsor. So Murphy, did you ever just want to be a better version of yourself? I've been hoping that you would be, but... (laughs) Oh, believe me. Hell yes. A more confident, knowledgeable you. The fastest way to do it is to get learning. Learning about a new topic or skill, revisiting one you learned about in the past, or getting up to speed on something everyone is talking about right now can not only broaden your horizons, but also boost your self-esteem and success too. I don't think the self-esteem thing is a problem, but (laughs) that's where the Blinkist app comes in. Blinkist takes top nonfiction titles, pulls out the key takeaways, and puts them into text and audio explainers called Blinks, that give you the most important information in just 15 minutes. It's pretty good. Use Blinks to learn about topics like philosophy, history, and science, or dive into psychology, health, and nutrition, or personal growth. You've got thousands of titles in 27 categories of the world's best knowledge to choose from. And if you're more of a podcast person, and I know you are, they have you covered with Blinks for podcasts called Shortcasts. Blinkist has the wisdom from top nonfiction bestsellers and podcasts packed into powerful 15-minute reads or listens. All in one app and right in your pocket so you can learn anytime, anywhere with Blinkist.
3: You know, I like Blinkist acts because it gives you an ability to learn interesting knowledge efficiently in all those little chunks of time you have during the day. A short car trip, you're taking a walk or you're working out. You know, you've got these moments where you can just quickly Learn about stuff you want to learn about, but you don't have time to grind through an entire book, let alone airplane flights. Uh, It would be perfect for that. Uh, And that's my favorite place to lose. And that's my favorite place to use Blankist
2: it's great and they have a a tremendous uh, list of titles including my old boss's memoir a promised land which i highly uh recommend and
3: uh, i'll get around to it <laughs>
2: <laughs> well fire and fury fear a short history of brexit which i just got
3: they have an incredible catalog of stuff so you got to check this out which means taking advantage of the special offer blinkist is offering Just our very special audience of hackeroos. Go to Blinkist.com slash hacks to start your get this free 7-day trial and get 25% off of a Blinkist premium membership.
2: That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash hacks to get 25% off and a 7-day free trial. That's Blinkist.com slash hacks. So overnight, there was a airlift out of Texas. Fifty-one state legislators, Democratic state legislators, left the state to keep uh, there from being a, a quorum in the in state other words, legislature. Fugitives, but anyway, keep going. Yes, well, that's the what the governor said. They'll be arrested on site as I soon saw. as they come back to state and dragged to the dragged to the capital. But it does speak to uh, where we are on on voting rights, and probably at the end of the day. You know, they're going to go home and, and they'll probably proceed in the legislature there. Biden is speaking today, Al, about this later after we tape this, but they've leaked uh, excerpts on it. And it's really a, a, a kind of a moral Jeremiah about voting rights. But I want to ask you this as somebody who spent nine years in the U.S. Senate. What does that mean in terms of actually getting something done here? Because it really seems like the Senate is stymied. Yeah. On this, so tell me how you think this plays out. I don't
1: see this going well. I, I don't see HR one or equivalent yeah. with passing. I mean, they wouldn't let them debate it. The John Lewis bill. I know Lisa Murkowski has joined that, but and that's basically to reinstate pre-clearance. And they don't want that republicans don't want that
2: right would give the justice department the right to overrule in states with a history of voter suppression over yeah well it
1: was roberts of course in shelby county was the fifth vote and wrote the decision on that and basically it said well there isn't (laughs) they're not doing that anymore so and ginsburg uh famously said well if it's raining and you're not getting wet because you have an umbrella. It doesn't make sense to take the umbrella away. And she was absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. And you see it in everything they're doing right now.
2: Well, that's I think the reality of what uh, is uh, the situation in the courts. But in the Senate, you know, Republicans are a step against you know significant voting rights action, and the only way to uh, circumvent that would be to do away, at least with a carve-out on voting issues, uh, the filibuster. Manchin won't do that. Do you think that it's possible to move him on this?
1: I don't. I don't think it's possible to move him on eliminating the filibuster.
2: What about the carve-out? Like the White House says, you know what, we'll see. Maybe Manchin and Sinema, uh maybe they'll move on that. I mean, if there and if you, if there is enough of a hue and cry, if the Republicans are more, you know, more and more uh, recalcitrant, uh, I mean, you know, these people do. You- well, it is an existential threat.
1: What's going on now? What what they're doing now? Because they're writing into the law things like, you know, it's one of the f- interesting things they wrote into the law in Texas, which is giving poll watchers the op- <laughs> the chance to sue. Take court action against poll workers, which is going to make it much harder to get poll workers if this happens, and which is a really bad thing. And also, it's just it's just a crazy thing to allow. And I don't know if you remember, but during the Coney Barrett uh, hearing, Amy Klobuchar asked a really good question, (laughs) which shouldn't have been hard for Coney Barrett to answer, which she says, "Do, do you think voter intimidation is illegal? And Coney Barrett said, I don't know, which is crazy. I played a lawyer in a sketch, but I didn't go to law school. But I know voter intimidation is illegal. And she was law professor at Notre Dame. And so she clearly just said, I don't know, because she didn't want to say yes, because that's what Republicans... Are, are up to now
3: you have to define intimidation which is a wide berth but i take your point look this stuff is morally bad but let's get back to the politics are there votes in the senate to do something like hr1 no they're not i don't even think mansion would do the carve out for that now if they skim the slim the bill down so the mansion proposal if they I, I think that might get a republican vote or two but probably not enough to pass that would give mansion cover maybe to open a hole in the filibuster for that one thing. And it would also be a pretty potent uh, uh, thing back in those suburbs. Look, I think H.R. 1 is a lousy bill. Uh, I, I think that Democrats are overreaching. But a smaller, smarter bill along Manchin's proposal is, one, hard for anybody in a swing state to oppose, and, two, gives Manchin plenty of cover if ours won't give him anything on that, I think to change his tune on, on a filibuster exception.
2: Well, this is the issue, though. Manchin's bill would uh, would essentially codify voter ID nationally. Uh, and there are a lot of people on the left, Al, a lot of your allies in past battles who would say, no, we're not going to vote for that.
1: We would take that bill. We would take Manchin's compromise. We would, because he is also saying for voter ID, you could show a utility bill.
2: I'm interested to hear you say that because I'm not sure that everybody, everybody on the left would accept that. It, it'd be interesting to, it'll be interesting. Well, you to saw see.
1: right away that both Stacey Abrams and Beto Yes, yeah, She came up
2: for it. Yes.
1: Yeah. Now Stacey Abrams. And of course, Blunt immediately said, well, that now that Stacey Abrams has said it, it's not, it's not the Joe Manchin bill. It's the Stacey Abrams bill. So we're all going to be against it. And so it's, which is the worst kind of reasoning. You have to look at actually what's in the bill.
3: Yeah. Again, liberals need to learn not to be so greedy. You you, want to win. You need five, 10 more seats. You figure that one out in the next election or beyond. The whole key to everything politically here is moving Manchin. And how do you move Manchin? You give them the Manchin bill. (laughs) You know,
1: that's what you can get. Manchin has said, he would be open to modifying the filibuster. Now, he's gone a little back and forth in this, but remember there was a tape released where he said that he was open to what Norm and I are talking about, which is this came up where my first Thursday night vote, Thursday early evening is your last vote of the week, and then you go home. Then you take get leave the Capitol, go on the subway to the office building. So it's uh, my first Thursday evening vote, I go to the subway, I see Jim Bunning. Jim Bunning, who I didn't know at that point, was very a grouchy person, to say the least. <laughs> and I say to him, Have a great weekend, Jim. I'll see you on Monday. And he says, I don't have to be here on Monday, it's a poacher boat. And that's when I realized, oh, we need 60 to end a filibuster. And I called Norm and I said, "What? What's up with you know? That's ridiculous. They should show up." And he said, "Yeah, they should have 41. There should be 41 show up. It should be on them." And so, what we have suggested, what we have come up with, is that they have to 41 Republicans in this case, Republican senators, have to show up on the floor and say they want to keep sustain the filibuster, and then they. Have have to stay there and debate it. Talking filibuster. And this restores the filibuster to what it was.
2: That's what Manchin has endorsed. The question is whether in this instance uh, that will be enough uh, to, uh, to, to break a filibuster on voting rights. Here's the thing. McConnell filibustered more than anybody
1: had ever done in history on executive appointees during Obama and judges he filibustered as many as had been filibustered in the previous history of the country. That's, and all you have to do right now to filibuster is say, I object, and you have a filibuster. What I'm saying is, if you do this and they have to stay there and debate, you think Chuck Grassley is going to stay there for two days? I mean, you know, it's, you only need 41, so nine of you can be off the floor. But if you do the math, that's about five hours off each guy gets. There's not going to be as many filibusters. You're going to have to really care about something to filibuster, and they'll get sick of it. And also, you'll have a debate. Because it makes the
3: filibuster more painful, like it used to be, to use. I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah, no, that's
1: the best argument for
2: it. And Manchin has
1: said he's open to modification and open to making it what it used
2: to be. I'm all for this, guys. The reality is, are you going to commit yourself to, uh, if you believe that voting rights is an existential issue, are you going to shelve everything else and just stand there and wait until the Republicans break? Maybe that's the way to go. Or maybe the carve out is the way to go and say, on issues involving voting, uh, just as on judges... It only takes 50.
1: I would go for either one that you would get buy in from Mansion and Cinema. That's what I would do. And I, if I were Chuck Schumer. You know, that's exactly the point. They're the toll
3: keepers. <laughs> Ask them what they want and give them to them. And that means a much slimmer bill than a grab basket like HR1, which is uh, way, way too much overreach.
1: So let's talk about infrastructure because Matt yep. has all of this in play that we're talking about, which is. This is a man, you know, a bill that uh you know Republicans have signed on to, that Biden f- at first said he would do as a standalone, then kind, then said he would tie to uh uh going to um oh shoot. Uh, tie 50, with the
2: reconciliation bill. A
1: reconciliation, yeah. of course. And uh then he said no no it isn't tied to reconciliation but then you nancy pelosi has the power to hold that bill until uh you the reconciliation comes in so there's so much at play here that i think you guys you hacks uh would have a big meal on this which is what what is going on in the senate in the house in the White House, in terms of infrastructure, because, and now you're seeing some of the Republicans who agreed to this compromise backing off because they're saying, wait, like, wait a minute, are we, are we suckers? Are Did we sign on to a trillion dollar thing only to have uh, you go to reconciliation and add f- four trillion? I mean, right, right. We just- yes,
3: exactly. And they're the mean political Republicans, God bless them, are like, wait a minute we do a standalone trillion which we don't have 60 votes for in the senate but we can probably get there. We all we politicians can take trouble. All our local county commissioners and governors want the damn money. Our con, uh, it all works. Biden gets the most credit which, you know, we don't love, but now there's all this linkage to spending in real dollars to cost a World War II and more social welfare programs. No. And if the Democrats want to tangle this thing up and hold us hostage, we're going to political mode. We got a great house battlefield because of reapportionment, redistricting. And we're going to win the House and and maybe we'll pick up a Senate seat or two because the Dems are being way too greedy and way too clever here. Instead of taking the win of a trillion-dollar infrastructure bill, the president will get all the credit for it. And then yeah. we can fight out the welfare stuff later in our normal way, which is fine for both sides. But no, we're going to link it all together.
2: Let me crawl into the mind of Mitch McConnell, something that uh, Al Franken observed uh, up close for
1: nine years. Fine, go into my mind. Let me see what you what you come up with.
2: <laughs> they you know, uh, how accurate you are <laughs> They, uh, I mean, he look. He cares about one thing, which is. Can he be the majority leader again in two thousand and twenty three and he he 's not necessarily thinking that a bipartisan infrastructure bill is in his interest, but looking like he killed a bipartisan infrastructure bill is also not in his interest so right it-
3: and he can live with the upside i mean i I hang out with more McConnell folks than you do, and they
2: they can see a win for their incumbents there too. Yes, but if it but if it dies because Democrats were fighting among themselves, great. Uh, I think that that he can live with that too, and he sees this as a way of subverting. Because if Democrats say yeah, he'll break into the Charleston, he, he would love that, and 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 he'll
3: pour gasoline on that spark any chance he can. He's already done it.
2: Right, that's my point. So the thing that I think it always comes back to Mansion. It's funny that the Democratic well Mansion and right.
3: Pelosi because the House. Progressives, mm-hmm. all 93 of them in that caucus are bucking hard on this thing now for the linkage, which I, I can guarantee you Mitch is like
2: gleefully watching that. The question is, can they agree on a reconciliation bill that is sufficiently smaller than the one that Bernie Sanders has proposed that Manchin can support it, but large enough so that progressives can uh, support it uh as well, and I think that's the balancing act that they're trying to accomplish right and, now. And
1: remember, there are things in that they're talking about that Americans really like. They they really like, for example, child care.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, McConnell's reaction to Biden's speech before the joint session about child care was. They're, they're destroying the, the link between jobs and, and, uh, and, and between work and family. No, they aren't. That's exactly why people want childcare. It's as if McConnell hasn't talked to a normal person in 30 years.
2: Well, the fight, the fight has always been between the price tag and some of the individual components in the bill. Because the individual component, the, the, the parts are, a lot, are, are, in some, are much more appealing than the sum.
3: But but riddle me this, you guys, because you, you live in this world. What is the argument people are making other than ideological fury, which maybe is the entire argument? Of, no, no, no. We, we have to link these two things together. Yeah, the Republicans will make a big hay out of it politically, but that's a price worth paying because we've got to pass them both connected. We've got to hold our own Senate leaders hostage that we won't give them the infrastructure thing if we don't get the big bill the Republicans want nothing to do with and are going to demand no linkage for. Well, what's the win in doing this?
1: I think it's all a game of chicken. And yeah. so in other words, I, I've heard you guys uh, talk about this with Bill Crystal. And uh, Mike, I, th- I think we're something that you are missing sometimes is that there is a role to be to the left of the rest of the caucus or of what you want to to. Create uh, pressure from the left. Yeah. To
3: negotiate. And that's it what over Paul Wellstone
1: bit. used to do. And it, it, it gets you a better, it, it gets you a package that's much more, that's more to your liking. It's not everything, but everyone is bluffing in a way. I think yeah. everyone is playing a political game here. That's why I brought this up, this topic up, this, the infrastructure bill and, and, and reconciliation to you guys, because I think this is a feast. Uh, for you, because yes. this is all politics yeah. now within uh, both houses, and it's the game going on
2: now. No question. Well, listen, I think you can just look at us and see we never miss an opportunity to dine. And uh, we've been dining on this for some 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 time and we will continue to because you're right. It's an incredible I mean, this is a lot an of incredibly com- rich yeah. and complex uh, political fight. But in answer to your question, Mike, uh, I would just say this. If you're a progressives, you're looking at Manchin and the power that he wields and you're looking around and saying, wait a second. We're also the 50th vote here. We're also in the House. We've got, you know, she's got a four vote margin. We've got some sway here. We're going to try and use our influence, too. The question is, at what point does everybody come together and say, you know what? Four trillion is better than nothing. No shit. (laughs) Four trillion with a T. Cost of World War II in real dollars. Yes. More than a nickel. Okay, then let's take a break right here and we'll be right back. You know, X. they call me Professor
3: Knowledge because I love fun facts. Here's one for you. The first oranges weren't orange. They were green. And the letter Q does not appear in the name of any state. And by the way, you ever want to shoot an armadillo? Don't do it. Their shells are actually bulletproof unless certain high-caliber ammo is used. And finally... Turkeys can actually blush. But here's a not-so-fun fact. What's that, professor, knowledge? <laughs> America's overspend on insurance by $21 billion. Chump change to Democratic appropriators, but $21 billion <laughs> is a lot of money. They overspend by that much every
2: single year. You deserve all the facts, and that's where the Zebra can help you. The Zebra compares car and home insurance quotes from every major provider in under five minutes, giving you all the facts you need to make the right decision for you, all for free. It's the fastest way to find the right coverage at the right price, all from a provider you can trust. In fact, the Zebra saves shoppers an average of $922 on home and car insurance combined, and that's no chump change. That is a fun fact. That is a fun fact.
3: You know, I look at what I pay for insurance, and I'm going to check out the Zebra because it's not a small amount of money. And hearing that 922 has me interested, and I'll bet it has you interested, too. So get all the facts in one place. Start comparing quotes for free today
2: by visiting thezebra.com hacks. That's T-H-E-Z-E-B-R-A dot com slash hacks. <laughs>
3: there's a big new 900 pound monkey wrench that's bouncing off the front page of uh, the New York times today. Now, long time listeners know I've been squawking about this while Axe rolls his eyes for a while, but inflation is here and it's real. The new numbers are out. And uh, I don't want to sound like the guy in the top hat on the monopoly board about oh, inflation, green eye <laughs> shade, but here, here's the reality of inflation in policymaking. It puts a big squeeze on the federal budget because the cost of our voracious debt spending starts to go up and squeezes out other things. That makes the debate over paying for the four twenty a hundred trillion dollar whatever uh, that's landed on on the D side a sharper, tougher debate. So that is another another huge factor that's going to come hurtling into this post infrastructure thing. Why I I don't repeat myself. I to say the biggest winner from a standalone infrastructure bill is Joe Biden the Democrats should remember that. Political winner.
1: A lot of what you're talking about depends on what the Fed does Mm -hmm. in terms of interest rates. That's one. Two, I read that article today in the Times, and that is economists were, it it was a higher number than they thought, but they do anticipate it going down, and that this is something that's because of the pandemic and suddenly a lot of economic activity and people are buying things that aren't that that don't exist. In other words, there's there's more uh demand than supply on things that uh, it, i I'm not an economist, but again I played one in a sketch. And <laughs> um <laughs> I um uh, I, I think that when uh the supply is less than the demand Price goes up, but that's going to change as we make this adjustment back from the pandemic. So uh, it's a little bit more complicated than, than that. I'm
3: just a Larry Summers Republican. So I'm I'm joining the right wing of the Democratic Party and worry about inflation. We're going to find out. And if we have a delta slowdown because idiots won't get uh vaccinated and we have another surge, you know, then that demand may not rise. But I take your point. You're right. It could be temporary. That's what the Fed is saying, but Fed's been wrong before.
2: Even if the effect is temporary, will it be will it be uh will we see that it is temporary before this debate ends? Uh, or will it color the debate and give some uh, some uh, fuel to people who uh, oppose these spending bills? One point on these paid fours, uh, Mike, is that you know the Republicans who are pushing back now are getting pressures from the right about you know because the paid fors the, the, the paid for right, paid fors are kind of bullshit in this bill. Let's be honest; they're all <laughs> speculative because Republicans it's an accounting
3: won't, trick. Yeah,
2: we're worried about it next Thursday. Right, let's have a party now. Don't want to vote for any tax increases. So one way they dealt with it was creating this thing where we're going to give 80 million or billion to the IRS. They're going to go after high-end yeah. tax evaders. And now the cry on the right is, oh, they're going to empower the IRS to go after people. And we we can't be for that.
1: Which they should do. They don't go after those. This has deliberately been gutted, the IRS. And it's been gutted for going after high-end people. Now, Biden says that he has he said when he was running that he wanted to do this and that his estimate was that it would yield $800 billion. I doubt we'll that. We'll see what the
2: CBO says about that, the yeah. Congressional Budget Office. So They're probably going to be less generous. If any IRS people are listening,
3: that does not include myself or Mr. Franken. and Axelrod. Eh, Listen, to everybody
2: look. knows what Franken is saying is true, that this thing has been gutted over time to take the pressure off of of uh, high end taxpayers, the only person who doesn't believe that is my freaking accountant, uh, who uh, continues to who continues to go do everything by the book. That's a Chicago thing. I
3: take your point, and it is a thing on the Republican activist right. But if I were the Democrats, you don't worry about the Republican activist right. I don't think they do. It's a good wedge issue against the R's. It's the easiest fig leaf to find revenue to take the pain on that rather than talk about something else other than potentially, uh, this minimum corporate tax, which was a nice win for Biden because it could give some cover the to international, taking rid of some corporate. Yeah. The global, yeah, the global one. Global. It was interesting. That was, is
1: that if that happens, it's great. I was over in
3: uh, Germany for the last couple of days and I spoke at a big business conference with a lot of German CEOs and they were all one. They were like, it was interesting. The main thing was, can you knuckleheads get your act together and in pass infrastructure? You know, when America become a banana republic and and two, this tax regime, which they actually think would be competitive and good. And some Republicans are for it. So there's some there's a window there, I think. And while they're take heat on IRS, I I don't think it would be a deal breaker. There's much worse stuff on the revenue side that would line the R's up 100 percent against.
2: Well, go up to the Hill and tell the Republicans what the Germans are saying. And maybe that will move some of them. I don't know. Al, you are a Minnesotan uh, who has opened up an outpost in New York right now. Uh, so have you been watching the New York mayoral race? I Not a New
1: York voter yet. so And I just didn't watch it as closely as I might normally.
2: Because this guy, Eric Adams, has now become suddenly, you know, he was at the White House yesterday. And, yeah. and Democrats yeah. are now looking at him as a... A model in the sense well, that his
3: win is very Biden friendly, because in that electorate for the moderate guy to not run against the cops to win is, is exactly the kind of vitamin that reinforces where Biden wants the party to go. So symbolically, I think he's going to be really powerful if he can govern. Now, he's a disaster in six months. So it'll all melt away. But yeah. that that message is uh, good for the centers
2: you talk to people in New York and that is the question because there is a kind of, there's a little bit of a flakiness element there. And so the question is, are you hitching yourself to this wagon and then have the wagon down the line, uh, lose a wheel, wheel or two. I think you're right that
1: we elected someone who is more moderate and I think and, and is a cop. And I think there's been a little bit of a swing uh, back from, you know, in Minneapolis we're famously after George Floyd, the city council coined defund the police. And, you know, uh, Democrats are I have the say Democrats bumper stickers always end in continued on next bumper sticker. <laughs> uh, but we, we finally came up with a bumper sticker that was defund the police which was a a, a terrible (laughs) bumper sticker and i uh, that was minneapolis city council i don't think but there's been a a, a backlash to that because crime has gone up in minneapolis and so there's a
2: not just in minneapolis but everywhere yeah
1: everywhere so there is a swing back to we need police reform. There's no doubt about it, and we need to pass that George Floyd justice bill. Absolutely, everything in it is good. Uh, but uh, police reform is complicated. It, the, there are a lot of bad apples that you get, and they come from bad apple trees. So you have to start getting cops from different places. There's it, it's something we have to do, but but we can't de- you know we can't defund the police. and there's people doing smart stuff around the country. Miami. Miami, for example, they give crisis intervention training to every cop, but there's cops that aren't empathetic and so they find those and they make crisis intervention teams. So when someone find when a George Floyd incident kind of happens, those cops call the crisis intervention team and they know how to defuse the situation. And the number of deaths by the police has gone shot down in Miami. Uh, For another thing, and then I'll stop. Uh, Another thing they do is they train the 911 uh, operators to ask questions. And depending on the answers to the questions, they know whether to send two cops, a cop and a social worker, Or a social worker. And that's amazingly helpful and effective. There's stuff we know how to do, and we need to do that. Sorry to be productive in the hacks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly i mean no
2: no policy <laughs>
1: i fell asleep um but no i, I,
3: I was, I was I waiting for Axrod to say hallelujah and hum the international too and but no no look the point is police reform is important but when your bumper stickers to fund the police the republicans who normally misspell their bumper stickers on our side they have a simple bumper st- sticker too they love crooks, and that's not a debate the democrats want and hell they tested it in the biggest progressive primary in the world and it didn't work so case No, I, I
1: said it was a huge mistake, Mike.
3: I don't and know. However, Adams
2: that. turns out. However, Adams turns out. Uh, that is a big message uh, out of this primary, and uh, I think that uh, w- will the left you know-
3: accept it though? Because I've I've heard people on you know bloviating television, so I probably shouldn't listen. But saying no, no, we just weren't organized. The bumper sticker glue was no good. You know, the press is out to get us, and. You know, it uh, rank choice voting. I I, I I, don't know if it's, you know, and this is common in politics. People don't really want to learn when maybe a change up is in order. How, how do you think the, like, what would AOC say today if she were our guest special hack about that? Would she accept that or say, no, 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 we have to campaign harder?
2: you know just in my my interactions with her she's never embraced the 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 defund police bumper sticker so i don't know what she would say i will say in new york it wasn't just the number 1 contender but the number 2 contender yeah, who had yeah, the Garcia. same position there was only one major contender who was arguing more along the lines of the not defund police but but yeah. uh, the- you know re- restructure and, and uh she finished third there so uh, but it, it's a good question, Al. I mean, I think there are people on the left who who believe in the defund, uh, defund police uh, moniker.
1: Defund meaning there's things that the police do that you can defund. We don't need military equipment. Yes, yes. Or, you know, that kind of thing. There's other stuff where you will save money. For example, in Miami, they don't when they don't kill as many people, they don't have to pay out. Yeah, it's cheaper. Yeah. You know, well that's, that's true
2: everywhere. Else. Let me just close you out here because we got to get to this mailbag real quick. Yes. But uh, the, on defund police, I take your point, and that is in fact what a lot of these folks mean. But if you have to put an asterisk on your bumper sticker, that's a bad sign. We got to go to this yeah, mailbag. Let's here. play the music. That was brilliant. Hey, if you've got a question
3: for the mailbag, send it to us at hacksontap at gmail.com, hacksontap at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can even click in the lower right-hand corner of Apple Podcasts and send the latest edition to friends you want to hate you. But a few of them may try it, and who knows? It may stick, and that helps us get the word out. All right, Dr. Axelrod.
2: Al, Ellen writes in and says, I know Murphy claims the progressive block is sending signals they're not going to vote on the infrastructure bill in favor of a more Bernie-style bill, but I do wonder if the progressive block is more focused on truly solving for climate crisis issues in a way that is not the Mitch doomed Green New Deal. As a young person who is absolutely anxiety-ridden about the future, especially around climate crisis Perhaps that is who they are listening to. What do you think is the path forward for climate action?
1: Well, I think we've seen in the last week or so, or a couple of weeks, how dire climate uh, and how real climate change is. Uh, what's, you know, in the Northwest. And uh, th- th- there's no question that this is an existential threat. And, what i've been talking to one of my former staffers is, is the um uh, deputy secretary of energy now and i was talking to him about you know this uh, whether to, to invest in transmission or in island modes or they we need to do renewables there's no questions about it you can do it but you need a mix of uh, local, you know, local and rooftop solar, which Bernie wants and transmission, because a lot of the place where the sun is, <laughs> is, uh, no one lives near there. Uh, so, uh, w- we have to do this. So we're going to do this. There's no question about that. This is a huge focus is going to have to be a huge focus of any infrastructure bill and that again is probably going to be what they take up in reconciliation um because it's not so much a part of the uh mansion republic But you think compromise. it'll be in there. It's hat well it has to be and it has to be incredibly well funded. Look, my you know uh my uh grandchildren asked me, you know, dad, you're or grandpa, you're a US senator. um uh, you know, if they if they ask me like 50 years from now, Grandpa, you were a U.S. senator. Why didn't you do anything about climate change? And also, why are you still alive? I'm going to say, <laughs> um, you know, I did. I tried. And uh, we have to. We have to. It is the existential threat or one of them.
3: <laughs> okay. For X, we have a question from James. and James wants to know, what are the rules an incumbent must follow in order to win re-election? Can you provide any examples of George W. following those rules in two thousand and four, Obama in two thousand and twelve, and of Trump not being able to do it in twenty twenty? Oh, easy one, James. Trump was insane. But anyway, go
2: ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Ash. So uh, the, the the fundamental rule is, especially in a closely divided country, that very few incumbent presidents can win. Uh, referenda on referendums on themselves, and you want to turn this into you want to turn the race into comparative, uh, into a comparative exercise. That's what George W. Bush did with John Kerry in uh, 2004 and 2012. That's what Barack Obama did with uh, Mitt Romney, and and basically define the race in terms that made it a choice, and then define the terms of the choice. In 2012, it was who's going to fight. Uh, for the middle class when it comes to the economy, uh, that turned out to be a very uh powerful uh, powerful message uh, versus versus Romney in terms of trump he never turned it into he never successfully turned it into. A choice uh, he is so uh, narcissistic that it, you know he makes himself the center of everything, and he turned it into a referendum on himself in many ways, uh, and he lost that race. They tried fleetingly to you know paint uh, Biden as a leftist that didn't fly they they, they went after his competence, that didn't fly uh, but basically it was about trump and, uh, and 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 there was a thumbs down verdict on Trump. Can I say one word on that? Yes. COVID. Well, of yeah. course. His yeah. handling, his handling of COVID. Yes, there's no doubt. And the circumstances in 2020. I mean, without COVID, I think it's it's a, you know, I think you could argue that Trump would have won. If he had handled uh, it, too,
1: if he had handled it well, he would have won.
2: But just his handling of it made him the center of, I mean, it was all about him and uh except it wasn't uh, about him taking any accountability for anything
3: right no no that's the great lesson of the trump era shame is dead in politics it used to bring some order but with a nut psychopath
2: maniac the shame ray doesn't work okay devin has a question for mike murphy Uh, he says i know the conventional wisdom is that the orange crybaby i assume that's a reference to trump and DeSantis are the odds-on favorites for the Republican nomination 2024, as we discussed. But in, but who in your great political wisdom, maybe it isn't a question for, no, no, it is a question for you. <laughs> who in your great political wisdom is the dark horse candidate that no one is yet paying attention to, but should be? Well, Devin, great question. Uh,
3: beware conventional wisdom. Uh, presidential politics, primary politics are very dynamic. They're always moving. So we don't We don't yet know yet. The midterms are going to create some stars, but you're right. The big Godzilla is Trump. The question is, is Godzilla in the rearview mirror and how fast he's going? Uh, DeSantis, being a mega state governor from the biggest state, uh, uh, also Texas, is automatically anted in, and he's a shrewd operator who is playing the game. I don't think he believes in anything, by the way. People say, is he a Trump guy? Is he not? I think he's just a a get the next job guy, but he is a substantial and a player, As far as dark horses, we don't know, but I would keep an eye on a few watching the midterms. There's a congressman from Texas, Dan Crenshaw, who has star power. He's totally sold out to Trumpism, which is a tragedy because he knows better. But I would keep an eye on him generationally. Um, Christy Nome is going to be pal in 2.0. She and Nikki Haley uh, will uh, will be fighting it out to get noticed, particularly if Trump doesn't win. And don't totally forget Mike Pence in a Republican primary. Uh, the evangelicals like him. He's famous. He got a little bit of distance for Trump, not enough for somebody like me, but a little bit on January 6th, the most important single litmus test, and uh, he's definitely looking at it. So, And then the usual, Marco Rubio has a tattoo with a map of New Hampshire. He, he always wants to go. Ted Cruz, if he can't get work as a sitcom vampire, who knows what his future could hold. There are no shortage of these folks. And I should also mention Senator Tim Scott, who quietly is building some support in the party and could be a player, particularly in a Trump vacuum? So, I would I would not buy any CW now. I'd take a look at things next December after the midterms and start to see who's bubbling up. I think it could be wide open, particularly if Trump doesn't
1: run.
2: Yeah, well, uh, your point on conventional wisdom is absolutely
1: Here's who I think might uh, enter:
2: Bill Weld.
1: <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, a great patriot. <laughs> I was a fan of the Weld for President campaign. I remember when all 11 of us would meet uh <laughs> you know in a friendlies in Farmingham, Mass, but uh don't I wouldn't I wouldn't bet the uh, Frank and Fortune on that one, but a a good uh, a good human. Ben Sass is the one I'm also watching, the senator yeah. from Nebraska. He he's kind of folded in the clutch a little, but he he is a good guy and he would be generally good for the party and for conservatism. I can't talk Romney into running, so uh he's somebody I'm looking at. Because Romney's not an idiot. <laughs> well, you, you left
1: out uh, Cotton and Hawley.
3: Yeah, that that is a very good point. Cotton, the center from Arizona, and Hawley, uh, that'll be excuse uh, me, Arkansas. from, uh, from Arkansas. Arkansas. I'm getting my A's mixed up. And, and that'll be a hell of a praying mantis versus tarantula in a cage fight there. I think Cotton is the smarter one of the two I'd bet on him, but I don't know if they'd go all the way. There'd be many Trumps.
2: The most important thing you said is don't place any bets now. Absolutely. Don't place any bets now.
3: And I think Kamala's going to get a primary, too. I wouldn't bet on her. All right. Okay, guys. Senator Franken, thank you. I'll say, you as guys. a conservative who disagrees with you on everything, you're one of my favorite liberals. And you got robbed. I wish you were still in the Senate on, on your side of the line. Thank map. you. <laughs> all right. You it did. It was, it, was, it was not right.
2: Good to see you. And, uh, Murphy, I'll see you soon.
3: Soon. Thank you all for listening.